So these last couple of lines of the gospel, where it says, without parables, he did not speak to them, but to his own disciples, he explained everything in private. If we look at our readings today, that kind of might appear to be God's M.O., because the first reading is this strange reading about cedars and stuff, and like birds and all of this, and then we've got these parables in the gospel, and what are we to make of all of this? Well, so let's start with that first reading, right? God tells us through his prophet Ezekiel, he's going to take a tender shoot from the highest branches of a cedar tree and plant it in the mountains of Israel. And it's going to make home, make a home for birds of every kind and every sort of winged thing. And then in the gospel, we see this mentioned again with the mustard seed becoming a large plant, large enough that all the birds of the sky can dwell in its shade. And so at first glance, we think a couple of things. Maybe God's secretly a hippie. I don't know. Maybe. He did create all of the earth after all. Or perhaps we're supposed to relate to these seeds and these trees. In fact, when I hear the mustard seed parable, a lot of times my automatic way of understanding it is I'm supposed to allow the seeds of God's word to be planted into my heart. And so then I am this tree that grows and provide shade for these nice little birds, these little virtues that come and live within me. And if that is how we read that parable, that's a great way to read it. It's a good thing to know. It's a good thing to learn from it. But I think if we look at the bigger context of the Bible, we'll see something a little bit different, especially with that Ezekiel passage. If we zoom out a little bit, what we'll recognize is we're not the tree, we're the birds. You know, we human beings, we love to do things. We like to build stuff, unless you're a three-year-old boy, in which case you like to destroy stuff. But three-year-olds notwithstanding, we like to be able to say, I did that. And then if we're really lucky, maybe we get to slap, slap our names on it. Slap. Slap our names on it. It's like, hey, look, Father Matt's Hall. Sweet. Look at me. I made it, you know. And it's no different in our spiritual lives. We like to claim that we are in control. We like to say that all of that hard work we put into prayer, into asceticism, into doing good Christian things, we like to say that that is why we are good Christians. And to an extent, that's true. These things are important. But we have to recognize we aren't actually in control. If we're good Christians, it's because God has led us to being good Christians and we've simply cooperated with him. Remember, we're the birds and that's okay because God has provided a place for us to go when we need it. He's given us a place to find refreshment and rest from our labors when the world just knocks it out of us. He's invited us to come and to stay and to make our home with him in these shady branches of these giant, enormous trees that he has provided for us, if we want to keep up the metaphor. That tree is the kingdom of God, and we are invited to dwell there with God. Going back to that Ezekiel passage, you know, let's dig in some more. We read from the end of chapter 17, 
If you look at the beginning of chapter 17, it's another kind of poetic discussion with God where he's talking about eagles and cedar trees. And you have these two giant eagles and they snip the topmost branches off of these trees. And then they take them in opposite directions and plant them. Now, luckily, the prophet Ezekiel has told us what in the world God was talking about because in between these two things, there's this explanation. And what he's talking about is the kings of Israel, when they went into exile, these eagles stand for the king of the Babylonians and the king of Egypt, taking the kings of Israel into exile in their own lands and making them prisoners there. So in the first reading today, we hear the same thing happening, except instead of one of these foreign kings taking the king of Israel, it's God who takes the king of Israel and plants him on the highest mountains in Israel. And if we think about what that means, he's taking his son, Jesus Christ, the true king of Israel. And when he plants him in Israel, he can really be speaking of nothing other than when he was planted in the ground on the cross, on a tree. And how did the branches grow forth from that cross? When his side was pierced, which we remembered especially on Friday in the Feast of the Sacred Heart, when his side was pierced, the blood and the water gushed forth, and it watered the earth with the seeds of the church. And so from that, all of these branches grew out and gave a place for God's people to go. The kingdom of God was now on this earth. That is what we're talking about in Ezekiel, even though it's a couple of hundred years early. And if that's not cool enough, we finish that by hearing, I, the Lord, bring low the high tree, lift high the lowly tree, wither up the green tree, and make the withered tree bloom. God is reminding us He is in control. And if it's supposed to happen, it will. If you've got this little dwarf tree and it needs to be taller, and God decides it's going to be taller, it will be taller. We can trust in God. No matter what happens on this earth, no matter what the political powers here want us to think, we can always trust in God. But that's hard to do while we're still on this earth because we don't see Him clearly. It's hard to trust Him. Many things block our vision. That's why St. Paul tells us we walk by faith and not by sight. And it's why he tells us we must continue to be courageous. Courage, I think, is actually an underrated virtue. We think that courage is this bravado, I'm just going to go and do things that are very impressive. Courage is sticking with the path that you know to be right and true and sticking with it through thick and thin. And so, yeah, the Christian life is not easy and it requires a lot of courage. And we're going to stumble and fall constantly. And sometimes when we stumble and fall on this path of the Christian life, we're going to smash our face up real bad and completely lose where we were going. But our response when that happens is always the same. We get back up and we turn towards God. We continue praying to Him every day and we ask Him to show us the way and to have that strength and that courage to keep going towards Him. 
no matter what it is we have to confront that day, whether it's one of those little sins or whether it's something grave that we just can't seem to get out of our lives. We bring it to prayer. We surrender it to God. And we ask for His help in getting back to Him. We even have confession, so if we've really lost our way back, He can set us straight in there. He can take that gaping wound that's in our soul and He can sew it up and heal it. As we work to find our way to the shelter of the kingdom of God, we need to remember one other thing about birds here, all right? Birds help scatter the seeds. And if you don't believe me, go get your car washed and wait about five minutes and see what happens. I'm not irritated by that at all, guys. Like, come on, five minutes. As Christians, we are called to take the good news and spread it to everyone around us to help those seeds grow, to help the kingdom of God grow. Most of us do this by living out our vocation, and for most of this, that vocation is marriage. Marriage, the, the love between spouses, it's supposed to be this beautiful image of the love of God, the love that God has for us. It's supposed to be fruitful and beautiful and joyful. In fact, I spied two couples in here who got married in the last two days, and like, if they're not joyful examples of beautiful love, I don't know what else is, because they were so happy, so happy to be married. But there are many of us also called to spread the good news in a different way. I'm speaking of the priesthood and the religious life. And that love is beautiful and fruitful and joyful too. It just looks a little bit different. And so no matter what vocation you have, or kids, no matter what vocation you're called to, or boys, you know, the priesthood is always an option, right? No matter what vocation we are called to, do not be afraid to follow God. Don't let whatever society tells you get you off of that path. The devil tries all sorts of things to distract us from what really matters. And what really matters is following God and getting into his kingdom and finding those spots where we can rest with him and find that peace. If we let society, if we let it get us off track, we're going to find ourselves in that dead tree, a dead tree that has no shade, and eventually we're just going to recognize we're a bunch of angry old crows, and nobody's got time for that. So instead, let God be in control. It's okay if we're not. Fly towards the branches of his kingdom and let God lead you into that lush, beautiful garden that is full of peace.